What's up guys, welcome to this budget special episode and I am recording this at 51 minutes past midnight and it is 2nd Feb but I really wanted to make sure that I can you know publish this and record this of course first record and then publish that I can put this out as soon as possible Otherwise, it really sort of interrupts and messes with my normal uh, posting schedule. So that's why it's coming at such a late time. And, uh, you know, since since there was this water pipe burst thing, I couldn't record it earlier. It, it's, actually up the, uh, it's actually messed my schedule up quite a lot. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Apparently, that issue has been solved. So... Uh, you know, soon, um, you know, things will hopefully be back in order. But anyway, uh, that really does not concern the budget, and that is why we must now move on to it. But before we begin, make sure you are listening to this episode and the other ones at a speed you are comfortable at. And I'm talking about the playback speed here, whether it's 1x, 1.5x, 2x or you know literally any other speed just make sure that you're comfortable with it because i know that i tend to speak a little bit slowly and apparently there's this issue where my voice is very muffled and if that's the case then you'll probably just have to turn up the volume a lot and then it'll probably work out uh, better and if it's still on inaudible then uh, that that really sucks but i'll have to sort of figure out some workaround um, and a few other things that I wanted to make sure and I wanted to clear up before I start talking uh, or rather sto- start sharing my views on this budget. The first one is that I am by no means an expert on, you know, the economy and stuff. I'm literally just an average Joe and uh, someone who's, you know, probably more informed than the average person. Uh, because you know this is literally stuff that I do every single day for my regular episodes Uh, but I'm you know by no means an expert so do not like consider all of this facts at the same time uh, in order to make sure that the accuracy is right I've tried to pick data from the government's website directly it is indiabudget.gov.in and uh, the document that I'm using is the budget highlights and the key features of, of the budget. So, uh, you know, if, if anything is being missed out here, then that's probably because it's just not included in this uh, document. Otherwise, I've included every single thing that's, uh, you know, mentioned here. And yeah, I think that's about it. That's all I want to clear up. And now let's get started. Okay, so I'll start off with something which is uh, very odd but you know it's still something that i really want to include because it's it's a very sort of glaring flaw in uh, in the budget document and it's it's really kind of sad that i'm that i'm talking about this even uh, but i really want to include this because it 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 sort of is a part of what is provided to uh, you know us as citizens and that is why i feel that it's a must to talk about it it is not related to the markets but what I'm talking about here is the presentation of the highlights. And normally I really would not, <clears throat> you know, take an issue with this because it's a very small thing. But when you're talking about, you know, achieving some very big and very, uh, you know, aspirational goals, you really have to make sure that the, that the uh, rationale behind that is well defined, that the path to that is very well defined and your budgeting and such is very well defined as well and it's presented in a way which is extremely easy to understand and it is insightful and it is intuitive right now um, the budget document that i'm looking at again this is in no way related to the markets uh, this particular point that i'm talking about uh, but it's it's a very obvious flaw that i really want to talk about and right off the bat i mean the title of the document is microsoft powerpoint which is extremely odd to me and there are a few typos in here as well and overall it just looks like something that uh, you know you know 
was probably made in a college or a school presentation which was extremely sad i was expecting something more even if it was more statistical or more you know more ran like more plain instead of having these charts and tables and such uh, decorated that's fine decoration and all those you know glam and all that shit is really not that important what is important is making sure that your data is extremely accurate and well presented in an insightful manner at the same time you need to make sure that what you're showing is you know looking professional enough for it to actually come from a credible source right now it really looks uh, kind of odd especially when i noticed that typo uh, it, it was just it, it felt really bad uh, but that's how it is again that really does not impact the budget as such and it really does not impact the markets at all i just want to get that out of the way now in the budgets document they've started with their rationale or they've started with what they were hoping for and they're hoping for an ease of living and sort of a mix of proper governance and uh, the right kind of support and backing from the financial sector as well as what i can make from it their main pillars uh, appear to be an aspirational india economic development and a caring society uh, now in the aspirational india part they're looking at agriculture irrigation water sanitation education and skills so basically that sort of uh, you know social uh, part of it is dealt with in the aspirational india segment the economic development part of course deals with the industry commerce investment business infrastructure and what they call a new economy the new economy is basically investment and research in um, you know in newer technology essentially so that's the economic part economic development part sorry and the third and the final part is caring society and that is again the social welfare aspect of it sort of because it includes women women and child social welfare culture and tourism and something which is an interesting um, you know addition or rather i'm sure it's been here since ages but i'm i'm happy that they've included it as a proper point environment and climate change so the entire budget is going to revolve around these three main categories and a total of nine subcategories looks like and uh, yeah i mean that is going to be that is going to form the base of this very budget uh, looks like and uh, yeah i mean we'll move to what was um you know what was shared as far as the previous budget or the highlights of uh, you know the economy so far are concerned in a bit so what they've talked about uh, as far as you know what the previous policies and what the previous sort of report card so far has been is that there's an honorable exit for companies through ibc which is uh, you know the bankruptcy code which is fine you know it's 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 obviously got uh, a few exceptions uh, as far as the word honorable is concerned but you know that's fine uh, the next thing they're talking about is the gst 20% reduction in turnaround time for trucks which is all right i mean it's it's something which is related to of course logistics and such and i have heard from a lot of people and uh, from a lot of news sources again when i say news sources uh, take that with a grain of salt because i have not independently fact checked that news article i'm just you know saying it what saying what i've uh, read i have read that you know this transit time and all of those things have reduced drastically thanks to gst so i'll give uh, i'll give them that as well msmes benefit through enhanced uh, threshold and composition limits again can't talk a lot about that but i have heard very mixed things as far as msmes are concerned most of them most of it has been positive but i've heard some negative things as well uh, about you know just how odd it can be and how difficult it can be to actually set up and continue thriving so again not a lot of talk about there uh, they've said that there is an average saving of 4% uh, in the household as as far as the monthly spending is concerned i'm very curious about this piece of data uh, because a lot of people are talking about how the inflation has been rising and how overall things are really not looking that good 
but yet they're claiming this so i'm very curious to see uh, what the basis for that is again it is not really provided in this uh, little document uh, so i'm gonna skip that for now and they've said that in the last two years 60 lakh new taxpayers have been added uh, which is a good which is pretty it's actually a good uh, and a very strong figure at the same time uh, what matters ultimately is how much the tax collection was and really the tax the amount of taxpayers are fine you know they'll always uh, there'll always be more taxpayers as uh, you know the new generation comes in and the old generation sort of phases out but what really matters is the tax revenue that the government gets because ultimately that is what will be sort of moving the economy forward instead of just uh, you know a, a number on paper uh, what they're talking about next is about their DBT and they're saying that 7 lakh crore was transferred through DBT again that is just a number transferring stuff is fine uh, we really need to understand the impact of that transfer which is something that is not brought about in this document that is what I'm what I was talking about previously that um, they, they've given facts they've given statistics and such but I just don't see it being uh, sort of placed intuitively and in a way which really gives you proper insights that's fine this is again previous data i'm sure that you know if you look deeper into it you will be able to find uh, more sort of statistics and context on that they've also spoken about disaster resilience and social security through pension and insurance penetration again those are things that i personally do not have a lot of idea about so i'm going to skip those for now um, now coming to the actual budget uh, they've, they've mainly focused on their whole sort of campaign goal which has been Sabka Saath, Sabka Vikas and Sabka Vishwas and this time and I think this is one of the reasons why the markets reacted so negatively if you look at the top headers and I'll come to those in a bit they are really not uh, as pro-business as one would, one would have thought the top headers are preventive healthcare um, you know healthcare in general clean energy financial inclusion affordable housing and digital penetration we really can't see a lot of pro-business stuff in the headlines and again they've said that this will this is what their focus is on so clearly and quite surprisingly their focus is not at least they've not shown that their focus is on pro-business tactics which is also kind of sad it, it does uh, sort of kind of justify why the markets um, were so negative today because you know the expectation really was pro-business and overall the reason why you know this was going to be such an important budget is because it was supposed to pave the way forward for a five for their five trillion economy goal it was supposed to show and supposed to boost investor confidence that uh, you know hey I know things have been sort of iffy in the past and especially these past few months but here is our plan and this is why we're gonna make it that's something that I just did not get uh, you know from the budget I was listening to it briefly but then you know I had to go offline so I'm looking at this document now and you know I really don't get that same feel coming to uh, you know the financials you know what I'll actually cut this bit and I'll uh, keep it as the next segment so there's a nice little break okay so the financial sector now the biggest thing that they've done here is to increase the deposit cover and I feel that is that's a very uh, that's a very good thing that's a very positive thing and it's one of the things that they've also uh, sort of promised when uh, when you know the bank the bank thing happened the PNB bank thing happened uh, they, they also promised that hey we're gonna look at this and we're gonna look into this we're gonna make sure that this does not happen or at least uh, you know such a massive scale uh, of a problem does not happen and looks like they've acted uh, on it which is a good thing now this also means that um, you know the banks I'm assuming that they'll have to put in more uh, money in their reserves or something because if that if that, if that does not happen then it's it's really like iffy on how they'll end up paying that much uh, but that's that's the feeling that I'm getting this also means that uh, people who are lending to banks might uh, you know might require some sort of additional uh, incentive to lend to them because if things go belly up then 
you know you've got <laughs> you, you basically have to be later in the queue to actually get your money is is the understanding that is, is the understanding that i'm getting from this again i'm not too sure about the specifics of how this will be executed but uh, this is my uh, understanding of this so far the next thing that have, that they've done which stands out to me is to sell the balance holding of uh, you know id idbi bank the reason why this stands out to me is because uh, right now fis and dis are very bullish on banks and uh, yet they're you know thinking about selling their stake in idbi bank which is interesting now if they want to raise funds just because they need they need those funds or if it's because they just do not have that confidence in the bank or something i'm really not sure idbi bank did quite well today if i remember correctly so i'm assuming that it's just because they need the money uh, but again can't say so that's another thing which stood out because if uh, fis and dis are very bullish on banks in general the banking sector in general then probably getting rid of it is not a good idea uh, but we'll see how that works out the next thing that uh, sort of stuck out uh, struck out to me is uh, the nps thing now apparently so it says that separation of nps nps trust for government employees from pfrdai and i was looking at this and i was sort of uh, trying to see or trying to understand more of it and apparently it's aimed towards uh, you know people who actually end up retiring so that they make sure that they actually save enough money for their retirement and so and stuff uh, i feel this is a measure to you know increase savings because apparently our savings have been going down again this is a uh, this is all information that i'm getting from news reports this is not information that i've personally checked and uh, fact checked so take it with a grain of salt or apparently the savings are going down this is probably a measure to um, you know directly tackle that which is a good thing in theory it, it should work but then when you when you look at stuff like uh, you know the exemptions going from in, from the income tax calculation from the gti calculation section 80c and such it really sort of becomes counterintuitive that on the one hand you're trying to improve savings on the other hand you are cutting uh, you know the benefits and sort of uh, you know the incentive that people have to save you know whatever that 150000 um, incentive that you get that is not going to be there um, you know right now if you opt for the newer rates so it's very odd that way and uh, that that's that's actually very interesting to me uh, the other thing is that nris if they do not pay tax outside of india then they'll have to pay tax in india such as if you pay if you are working in the uae you're not paying tax there you're going to have to pay tax here which is extremely counterintuitive to me like you know you are not really adding anything to india except for the money that you're sending here uh, why 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 should you be paying tax and i get it that you know the government needs the revenue but i feel that it's slightly a regressive move on their part uh, but i'm hoping that they have their reasons for that another thing as far as nris are, are is concerned is that they've opened up certain government securities uh, to non resident investors which is good and uh, some of them are going to be you know debt etfs and such which is another interesting thing uh, i'm not too sure about its impact on you know uh, on the economy and the markets but it's it's a good sign that they're looking at new stuff um, and that that's what my take on that is we'll move to the macroeconomic indicators now okay so in this document they've given certain macroeconomic indicators and it really does not look too good gdp growth they've said uh, is just just going down it's it's actually uh, at what appears to be a 7 year low uh, which is which is quite terrible uh, if i'm being very honest with you uh the next indicator that they've given is cpi and wpi and that's also you know relatively stable ish going down wpi is going down cpi is going slightly up uh, which is interesting i wonder what that sort of divergence is because of uh the next metric that they've given is the net fdi which is going down as well it's actually at it's actually at a very low level surprisingly low level 
and that's also not a good sign again this is october 19 data so it's not the most latest and the most recent one uh, but i've heard that the net fdi has gone up so if that's the case then that's a good thing but it, it does not look good as on october 19 again 9 2019 october not 19th october just to clarify cad our current account deficit uh, by forex you know as a percentage is also going down and uh, i'm assuming that's a good thing <laughs> because uh, logically speaking i think it's a good thing so I'll, I'll maintain that if i'm wrong then just just i'm very sorry I've, I've economics has never been my strong point so i'm really trying to you know make sure that i can uh, think about it as logically as possible and uh, this is the first time literally the first time i'm analyzing about it so i'm hoping that i don't end up making any big mistakes uh, the next the next uh, sort of metric that they've given is the trends in deficit which which looks all right i mean it it, it does not look uh, any anything like it, it it looks unremarkable basically uh, to me at least so the next metric that they've given is debt and the debt seems to be reduced well it actually had reduced quite a lot uh till 2018 19 looks like but then it's sort of uh, you know slowly rising which is probably because they've ended up spending or rather they are planning on spending uh, a lot more on those pm plans uh, which we'll come to in a bit now the next metric that they've given is the foreign exchange reserves now this is something which was talked about so much in the past month or so it's crazy that hey you know you're saying that xx is happening but the forex reserves are at an all-time high like 400 billion or 500 billion or something and uh, that that really was the case as of 3rd jan 2020 they were the highest now they've gone a little bit lower i think that's uh 5000 crore or 50000 crore lower um there are just too many zeros for me to understand uh yes 50000 crores lower so you know that's that's that is definitely an amount but that is also as of 17th jan and it's already like 15 days past that day so you know no updated figures yet the next uh, metric that they've given is the cross bank credit scores remain relatively stable um you know throughout the period that they've mentioned and the other metrics are all right like very standard stuff what they've also mentioned here is they've given a map of the world and they've uh, given the economy sizes so usa is leading 21.4 trillion dollars and india is fifth at 2.9 trillion dollars now if you want to get that goal of five trillion dollars we really need to buck up and you know such so in my opinion such lousy reforms are not going to cut it uh, so we have a long way to go our next stop is going to be germany which is at 3.9 trillion dollars so a good one trillion away uh, which is definitely not a small number when you think about it as 33 percent away uh, so we really need to consider that as well now uh, I'll, I'll make a i'll make a section break here and we'll come back in a bit okay so this section of the budget headlines is titled budget at a glance and it basically talks about the expenditure and the revenue uh, sort of charted and it looks like the expenditure is going up both revenue and capital at the same time revenue and capital receipts are also going up uh, for the most part you know in terms of percentage in terms of relative change uh, you know they haven't given the exact figures so it's a bit harder to say but just eyeballing it it looks kind of proportional if anything it looks like uh, you know the capital expenditure is going up by a bit more than the revenue ex uh, than the capital receipts but you know it really does not look like such a big amount and what they've given next is where the rupee comes from and where the rupee goes so basically the income uh, streams of the government and the expenses for the government now as far as the income streams go uh, it, it looks very standard we've got corporate tax and uh, gst being the two main uh, sort of inflows for the government rather one of the three main in inflows the other one is borrowings and other liabilities so you know 
clearly all of that debt is going to be one of the reasons one of the ways in which we'll get money uh, so that that amount is actually pretty high it's 20% so it's crazy corporate tax gst also quite high income taxes the next at 17% now uh, my view on this is very interesting because they've so for startups and for msmes they've planned certain waivers and exemptions and such for income tax as well they've they've planned certain uh, you know new slabs and remo- uh, removal of exemptions and all of those things uh, and those those sort of things make me wonder how this uh, they they've shown a pie chart how the pie chart will change from this budget to the next and rather over the year because of course if you're going to cut corporate tax you know in terms of uh, the exemptions that you're giving it will definitely have an impact especially because the number of startups has been increasing rapidly so you know on the one hand you increase the number of startups you you get in more money you know flowing in the economy uh, if they raise funds you've got you know fdi money coming in you've got uh, all those things happening but at the same time you are not getting that corporate tax or rather as much corporate tax as you would have at the same time uh, borrowings and liabilities this this amount makes more sense when you look at the amount that we end up spending for you know interest payments because 20% of our money comes uh, from borrowings and other liabilities 18% of it uh, goes to you know paying those uh, or rather servicing those uh, liabilities which is a very high amount in my opinion uh, but you know that is what it is um, and apart from that it looks relatively standard to me this reminded me of uh, you know the budget of someone who's living like almost paycheck to paycheck because everything just seems to be in a way where you're just getting by rather than you know having enough money to actually put in and invest in such uh, because it, it just does not look uh, you know that strong to me again this is my opinion this is this is some something which is coming from someone who really has not uh, analyzed a lot of budgets but it's it's a very you know candid thought of mine if you can call it that and uh, yeah that's that's it as far as the budget at a glance is concerned now we'll move on to the tax proposals so the very first thing that they've mentioned in the tax proposals is a concessional corporate tax rate to new domestic companies in the manufacturing and power sector now uh, you know this is very good news for manufacturing and power obviously especially after that negative piece of news about just how difficult it is to set up a manufacturing business in india i think the amount of approvals and you know certifications and permissions that you require are like 2000 or something which is extremely high so this is a good positive sign and i'm sure that it'll help you know people who are sitting on the fence about it as far as the financials are concerned uh, you know with the entire planning and stuff uh, the other thing that is mentioned here is you know of course those those startups benefit and all of those things which is uh, you know which is some something similar to what we just spoke about in the previous segment and other sort of streamlining and ease of compliance and such such as the unique registration number for all charity institutions and uh, health cess to be imposed on imports of medical equipment so uh, you know it's it's very standard stuff i feel uh, it i I honestly can't spot any major reforms in this segment. The major reform here actually is is the one after that and that is removal of DDT, the dividend distribution tax is no more. And what it essentially means is that dividends will not be tax free. Earlier what used to happen is that, you know, the div- the, the the tax on dividends used to be paid and you receive them you can enjoy it. Now, uh, you know, you you receive the dividend if it's above 5000 rupees if i remember correctly it will uh, a 10% tds will be cut on it and then you will get it otherwise it will be chargeable you know pretty much as any regular other income so uh, that's that's the new thing as far as ddt is concerned now this is again a very kind of meh move in my opinion because 
you're you're just sort of shifting the burden you really aren't sort of cutting the burden at all uh, is the feel that i got as far as the new tax rates are concerned it's again very similar you either choose to go from uh, choose to go with the new brackets or you go with the old brackets and still get those exemptions and if you're wondering on why that distinction is there apparently people who end up living from paycheck to paycheck and don't have a lot of money to save the new rates will be beneficial for them because uh, you know they typically don't have a lot of deductions and exemptions under ATC and those sections so for them these newer rates will be beneficial whereas for people who have a lot of exemptions and deductions under those sections will sort of prefer to stick to those old rates this also makes things a little bit more complex for uh, you know CAs and such which is kind of a regressive move in my opinion because when already the system is that complex you really don't need to make it more complex and sort of introduce all of these complexities and new elements in in the entire system which is not really a good thing uh, one thing which stands out to me is that the refund process uh, for GST GST return uh, will be fully automated which is good and I'm hoping that eventually more things are fully automated because the kind of hurdles that you have to go through in order to actually pay tax and file your returns is crazy in my opinion and that process can be really streamlined it can be pretty much automated uh, which is a good thing and it's a good sign in my opinion now we'll move on to agriculture irrigation and rural development so as far as agriculture irrigation and all those things are concerned i personally don't have a lot of insight and uh, context about the agri industry so I, I will sort of refrain from talking a lot about that because it's something which I don't know about uh, but they've, they've set some very interesting goals I feel uh, which is a good thing I, I do know that Avanti feeds went up by quite a lot because of this and uh, you know <laughs> that, that that it is what it is at the same time I do feel that certain core issues uh, are kind of being you know ignored such as research in uh, agri and irrigation and such and research in better um, you know methods and uh, just just in general you know capital requirements as well because so I was speaking to this farmer uh, or rather he is not technically a farmer he, his family has a farming background and he was telling me that you know the government so far has been pretty supportive of uh, getting capital loans and getting equipment on rent and such uh, but if that is still an issue then it does definitely need to be looked at ideally as far as data presentation and uh, such goes i'd have appreciated a graph or something of farmer suicides or any other metric that people used to not just uh, you know gauge and understand the production but also to understand just how well and just how happy the industry in general is doing because that is also an important metric right after all and uh, the one of that is wellness water and sanitation i'm clubbing these both because i really don't know a lot about either of them uh, but as far as wellness water and sanitation goes looks like they've they've you know done a lot of uh, sort of bold moves in this like saying that TB Hatega, uh, TB Harega Desh Jitega campaign to end TB by 2025, which is a good thing. They've included a bunch of hospitals and paneled a bunch of hospitals under the PM Jan Arogya Yojana, which is also good. And they've done a few waste management related stuff as well, which is good. Uh, I personally do not see a lot of extremely bold moves here, which is. Uh, similar to the rest of the budget you know very standard stuff not a lot of bold uh, decisions being made and with that we'll move to the education and skills segment okay so one thing i want to include in healthcare is that i don't see a lot of tangible stuff such as reducing the cost of certain medicines reducing the cost of certain treatments adding more hospital beds and all of those things because those are also very important things i mean when you're talking about uh, you know giving health care to all and such you really need to make sure that those things are also taken care of so it's a bit sad to see those tangible things not being included uh, but it's probably 
uh, or rather it could be because I'm just looking at the extract and not the entire at length budget so I'll, I'll you know I'll leave that aside but I just want to mention it still the education segment is is kind of disappointing to me uh, it's it's really not the stats they've mentioned it's really not uh, the kind of plans that they have which is too bad it's just that I feel that they're focusing on certain things which are uh, you know not as important as the underlying system because literally if you've studied in any ed Indian educational system environment you know that it is deeply flawed and they're, they're doing a lot of good things don't get me wrong they're uh, talking about apprenticeship uh, embedded courses which are which are great they're talking about internship opportunities which is also very good they're talking about exchange programs and online education and all of those things which is amazing but the underlying issue is talking about reforms and talking about streamlining stuff in the existing universities you've got uh, taking the example of Mumbai University it is extremely lagging behind in so many ways and the curriculum the syllabus the teachers and the examinations and all of those things are lagging behind a lot so I'm not sure if that's something that they're planning at the ground level they've just talk, talked about the overall stuff here but that 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 is still something which needs to be addressed so I'm hoping that uh, ultimately you know that is also sort of taken care of but I just don't see it in this budget which is kind of sad in the new economy part of it they've talked a lot about uh, you know technology and I remember I distinctly remember the FM talking about IOT and such which is good uh, it's good that you know they're looking into those things and I do know from you know personal source that the government is interested in sort of at least exploring those avenues but at the same time I just, I, I just don't see that amount of money being allocated towards research and such and you know that is something which can really um, you know improve the economy and help us and put us on the global map because if you've seen any metric as far as research is concerned in India whether you talk about you know peer-reviewed papers whether you talk about publications whether you talk about publications per PhD all of those figures and stats are lagging behind like anything and unless we pump in more money in research I really don't see research and education I really don't see any way of boosting that which is again not a good sign in my opinion what does look good is they've uh, they've sort of pro proposed an outlay of 8000 crore on quantum technologies which is a good which is a good sign it's, in, it's a growing field of course so I'm hoping that uh, you know that works out okay so in the industry commerce and investment section they're talking about a scheme to encourage manufacturing of mobile phones electronic equipment semiconductor packaging and such I feel this also ties into the research aspect because had they invested more money in research or if they're planning on investing 8000 crore in quantum tech I feel that instead of just doing those things they can also get into some more advanced uh, manufacturing right now uh, you know all of these things that are mentioned are, are really not sort of revolutionary stuff it's it's stuff which has been invented in the West or you know by other researchers and then it's you know we, we sort of understand that technology and then we end up making it rather than that uh, you know it should also happen that we are ourselves advancing and we are ourselves making new technology and then you know manufacturing it so that it, it becomes much better than just sort of being the factory of these things rather than also being the brains behind it so I feel that's one thing which is while it's good that you know this is happening at the same time it's not so good because it, it could have been a lot more the next point that I see here is related to textiles and uh, you know not, not a lot of background about that so I'm gonna skip that for now uh, it's just that I don't want to give you information which I personally don't believe in uh, the next stuff that I look at is related to imports and exports and I do remember something related to you know streamlining the entire process I feel that as it stands it's it's quite easy you just need to get that import uh, 
importers exporters license or something and then you're pretty much set if you know the hsn codes and such but i feel that entire system as it stands is good but it it can just be sort of boosted a little bit because while it's 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 a positive sign that they're uh, you know trying to handhold msmes in export markets is the quote at the same time you know actually understanding those markets actually understanding the entire procedure and the logistics behind it are things that you know i'm just not seeing here and i know that those things are not really uh, either existing or they aren't marketed well so if you if like for example if you want to enter a certain market or if you want to import something or export something you need to have certain backgrounds right you need to understand what you know how how stuff works how the logistical aspect of it will work and while the hsn codes and such do help you a lot with that while the websites help you a lot with that i just don't see the the word that they use is hand holding which is why i'm talking about this i just don't see the hand holding element uh, you know coming in anywhere so that's something that i'm hoping will be addressed again this is just a highlight of it so i'm assuming that they've got further reforms planned under this the next thing that they've shown is uh, a map of the asian countries and uh, you know the tax the corporate tax rates for all of them india is the is the second least thailand is uh, you know the least at 20% india is at 22 so that's a good thing philippines by the way is at 80 which is which is just alarming not in that so it's at 30 i think it's just their uh, data representation which has been slightly flawed so it's at 30 which is not as bad as 80 of course but it's it's still uh, not as good as 22 which is what we are at and uh, yeah that's it as far as the industry in commerce and investments is concerned again not a lot of ground breaking reforms not a lot of bold reforms here uh, and this could have been possibly where they could have hit a home run for uh, you know the markets to actually jump up or at least recover partially uh, but that was just not the case the next segment that they've spoken about here is infrastructure and they've they've spoken about roads railways port and air as far as roads is concerned they've also mentioned that a national logistics policy is to be launched soon i'm interested to see what the details of that are the next point that they've mentioned is roads accelerated development of highways now this is something that they're focusing on very heavily i remember that uh, you know they've also spoken about a mumbai delhi expressway or a highway which is uh, you know very good project it's a very interesting project and uh, it's 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 much needed quite frankly uh, as far as railways are concerned IRCTC was up quite a lot uh, because they they're talking about four station redevelopment projects 150 passenger trains being added through the PPP mode the public private uh, partnership and they're talking about more Tejas express type trains for tourist destinations which is a good sign that also sort of goes on the tourism side so it's kind of a, a uh, an overlap of that which is again a good sign so railways as uh, a segment in the infrastructure topic is a very sorted one the next one that they're talking about is port corporatizing at least one major port so not a lot of details for that so i w- i will uh, you know not talk about that the next one is air they're saying 100 more airports to be developed under udan and this is something which i feel at face value looks good but if you think about it deeper it it is not as good because when you talk about 100 new airports being developed you've got that cost you've got the maintenance cost you've got uh, you know airlines that need to bid for that sector and so uh, i i interned at uh, you know at, a, at an airline for a brief bit and what i understood was that odan schemes and odan sectors are really not profit making so when you're bidding for one uh, you re- the only literally the only reason you're doing this is because if you don't bid bid for it if you don't take that sector up you'll be charged something or you'll not get that additional benefit which will end up being more expensive so as far as that is concerned that might be an area of concern for certain airlines um, and you know it it looks good on paper but it's something which does definitely need further in- interpretation and understanding because at face value the udan thing does not seem to uh fly well <laughs> uh with me 
And the next thing that they've mentioned is power. They're, they're talking about replacing conventional energy meters by prepaid smart meters. Now, I really wonder what uh, this is This is going to mean for the end consumer. I really don't know what 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 it means, so I'll, I'll skip that. Uh, I, I do know that power companies uh, will, will have some impact of it on it. So really curious to see what happens. They're talking about expanding the national gas grid to 27,000 kilometers. So I'm assuming that'll have a positive impact on stocks like IGL and such. So curious to see how that works. And they're talking about a pipeline project and such. They're talking about a Boolean exchange uh, to be set up, which is which is interesting. Uh, ultimately, it all it all matters and it all boils down to how all of this is executed. So yeah, that's my view on this infrastructure segment. The final part that they talk about is the budget allocation to major schemes. And essentially, you know, by the looks of it, they've basically increased the budget for literally all or if not all, most, uh, well, if not most, then a huge chunk of those, uh, you know, Pradhan Mantri, Yojanas and such. And those major schemes, even DBT is here. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that it is what it is. Again, I don't see a lot of evidence supporting that these, uh, you know, that these Yojanas are working. I don't see a lot of sub evidence supporting that this is the right sort of channel to invest in because they haven't mentioned that, you know, this is why we're allocating this much to this uh, particular scheme. They've just said that this is how much we're allocating. Rather, uh, I'd have preferred that they would have sort of done a comparison or at least showed some sort of comparison that, hey, this is why we're putting in this money into this and not this. So that's something which is missing. The next thing that they talk about is the ma expenditure of major items. And the top one here is Ministry of Defense, which gets 471,378 crore. It's interesting to see defense on the top of the list, uh, you know, with healthcare being literally the second last <laughs> so i'm not sure why that preference was given but i'm assuming it's because of the uncertain environment uh, with our neighbors so yeah that that's it as far as the budget highlights go okay so now we've come to the main part of this entire discussion and that is what the market perceived and why the market perceived it so negatively and i know i i really don't know how how long it's been because i'm recording this continuously it's probably been like 40 45 minutes since we first started but the reason why i wanted to keep this at the very end is because uh you know it's it's best to understand this once we've actually spoken about the entire budget and if you know if you've been paying attention i'm hoping you haven't fallen asleep because if you have then that's really sad it's 55 minutes past 1 a.m right now so i'm the one who should be asleep not you uh but yeah i mean if you think about it this government was supposed to be here with some very bold and very bright and some very interesting pro-business uh, and pro-market and pro-investor um you know reforms very very bold ones of course but in this budget it's been mostly regular stuff it's, it's been very uh, you know mediocre if, if that's the right word as per my understanding again this, i'm not saying that this is literally what it is i'm just saying that as per my understanding it's been very mediocre it's it really hasn't lived up to its expectations and uh, you know even when we talk about uh, certain so, sort of moves such as removing those exceptions, adding two rates uh, for taxation and, you know, certain other regressive moves like taxing NRIs and uh, all those things, it, it becomes kind of iffy, right? Because ultimately your main aim should be to boost uh, the economy. Your main aim should be to boost uh, businesses and such. If, you, if you're looking at a purely market perspective, that is something which I just don't see... Uh, there in this budget which is why the markets went down so much and if you if you've been following my regular indian markets with kr podcast you know that since the past few weeks we've been talking about um you know how important this budget is going to be and considering that <laughs> it should ideally be very positive 
However, that really wasn't the case and that is why it reacted even badly. I mean, just like literally day before yesterday, uh, it, it fell. Yesterday it fell and considering that, it really needed something very strong to pull it back up. That wasn't the case. So, quite simply put, the market has rejected this budget uh, by the looks of it. And I don't mean to sound very rude about it. I don't mean to criticize, you know, any political party or something. Uh, this is this really isn't that kind of a podcast. I'm just talking about uh, my views on the budget and my views on why it impacted the market like this. Um, so you know, it's 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 purely something which is uh, which could have been d- done in a much better way. There could have been certain proposals which 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 could have really changed the way. Uh, you know things are right now and the market sort of appreciated them a lot uh, but you know I, I I feel that at some level we really aren't um, you know aren't in the right place to talk about those things because we don't know the ground level situation maybe there's some reason why certain reforms weren't made maybe there's some reason why uh, this is the max that they could do so at the, at, at some point you really have to think about those points as well but overall, as it stands, it does not look like a very, uh, you know, positive pro-business, uh, you know, budget. That is why the markets reacted in this way. And uh, if, you, if you ask me what, what the state of the markets will be on Monday, I really can't say. Maybe there'll be some short covering happening and that, that's why we might see it recovering a bit. 11,750, 11,800, possibly those levels. Maybe it goes down further. Uh, we really can't say. Later today, though, since it's technically 2nd Feb, Uh, Later today, you will get my uh, regular episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I hope this was helpful and informative. Again, this is the very first time I'm analyzing uh, the budget and I'm, you know, paying such keen and close attention to it. So don't mind, please don't mind any random mistakes here and there. Uh, I hope this has been, you know, at least the least bit insightful. Um, And yeah, that's it for this one. See you in the next. Bye. (laughs) 